Alright, welcome back to the motherfucking Puffcast. I am J.O.A. No need for the AKAs. That was a part one. This is part two of the celebration of the ill tape. I did this five years ago when it came out today. Um, I mean, today it came out five years ago. And you know what I'm saying? It, it really, really, really meant a lot to me at that time because, you know, I was going through a lot of shit. And, you know, things weren't looking too bright for me. So, you know, shit happened. So we left off on track number eight. Holding it down. Gave y'all a rundown on that. We're going to get to track number nine. Everything ain't right. Now... I'm going to tell y'all the reason for me making everything ain't right. Like I said, you know, I was in a... I was in a real, real, like, rough place, man. Like, my mindset wasn't what I... The way that my mindset was, I thought everything was going to happen the way that people told me it was. But it turns out, like, it it didn't happen the way that they told me. I got to make it happen the way that I see it. And I realized that years later because I was looking at everyone that I was on the same level with. And everyone started to rise above me. And I'm like, hold the fuck up. We all doing the same thing. Why is they doing, why is they going up there and I'm staying down here? So I was like, you know what? I'm kind of sick of this shit anyway. So, you know. I had to focus on getting money steadily coming in my pockets, man, because throughout the, the, at that time, I was in the game, I came in 2011, and then started doing my own thing in 2012, so you know what I mean, from 2011, 2015, it was just in the studio, connecting with people, networking, performing, Doing all types of shit, rocking little high school club parties and college parties and shit like that. You know what I mean? It was that. Now it's. I feel like I'm about to fucking lose it, and I'm doing everything in my power to keep this shit. And it just feels like it's it's not right this time around. Because on the real, I was like, yo, I feel like I should stop doing this shit, man. I feel like this shit ain't for everything. So, you know what I mean? Even though throughout the five years that I was gone, I was still had my hand in the helping of music. You know what I mean? I put the battery in the back of a lot of people, and now I tried to use that power to really, like, let the world know, like, yo, here. This this is what I'm giving y'all right here. This nigga right here with fire. Get him done. Whoever I came through with, it was straight like that all the time. It was like, yeah. Let me bear you a gift. Here go my man with some work. He got to get you. Get him. And then when I tell them get him, they get him. You know what I mean? And there's no question. You know what I'm saying? And at that time, like I said, I was I was um, working with Capstar. At that time, I met him when my first take came out a year before that. And I met Capstar over, the, over, over like the summertime or some shit. And we connect, started chilling, 
and now that's my nigga. You know what I mean? He's DZ now. You know what I mean? And uh, I was rolling with Shadow a lot more. You know what I mean? And I was with SJ. I was rolling around with uh, OG Music, Chris Weed, Sidious. You know what I mean? I was rolling around with a lot of niggas. You know what I mean? And, you know, nobody really, none of them really, like, told me much as, like, yo, you really got to speak, you got to say it this way or say it this way. Everybody always told me, yo, fam, we got to get you in the actual studio. Everybody always just said that. We have to get you in the actual studio. There was no other, yo, fam, you need to say it like this or say it like that. Niggas was just always saying, yo, fam, get in the get in the actual booth, my nigga. It's gonna pop, I know. And, um, you know, there was none of that at that time. I didn't have that type of support. And I felt like niggas turned their back on me at that time. So, I came up with everything ain't right. This is produced by Mad Lib. And uh, I, I had did something on Mad Lib's type of shit before on um, one of the Garley Vine 4 series. I did a joint called That Rugged Shit. And from there, they picked the beat from Mad Lib. And they was like, yo, you fuck with Mad Lib? I was like, yeah, he did something. I, I did something with. with with his type of work already, what's up? And they was like, well, we got this beat from Mad Lib, and they played it. And when I heard that shit, I was like, yo, I gotta take this home tonight. I gotta work on this. I gotta work on this. And everything I was going through at that time was just in my mind. Every time that shit said, I know for a second, everything ain't right. Nigga, everything that just went through my mind I basically was seeing my life while I was playing that fucking beat. You know what I mean? I'm listening to the beat and I'm just, I'm, I'm not even nodding. I'm just like seeing life. I'm seeing my life like literally before my eyes type shit. And then when I came back the next day, they was like, "You ready?" I was like, "Yeah." Get me in there, cue me up, so we could do this. You know, I got in the booth and let that out because there was certain shit that was pissing me off at that time. And, you know, the way that these niggas was treating me, I took shots at them on that fucking song, too. And, you know, they was like, what made you do that? What made you agree to do this type of shit right here? It was like, nigga, I was like, yo. My nigga, I've been going through so much right right now. That shit was therapy for me. You know what I mean? That was therapy for me. And if it, and you know, I kind of like after we listened to the playback before they asked me why, what made you do that type of shit? Like, yo, I sat back and just smiled. Like, it is what it is. Fuck it. I'm going out like a gorilla. And I'm going to do what I got to do. And, you know, laying down that shit, man, that shit brought a different feeling to what I do and the way that I do it and how it affects people. You know what I'm saying? Because from what I'm hearing, when I first got to the label, they was like, nigga, we've been keeping tabs on you since you used to run with all them niggas over there. 
we've been keeping tabs on years. For a few years now. You know what I mean? And it's glad that we they told me that they was glad that we have this opportunity to work with you. But the way they was just treating me, it was just like, nah, it ain't it ain't even and when they bought the shit to me, I felt like it was a setup for me to even take shots at them niggas at that song. But even though they gave me that shit, I was like, what? You really want me to go there? I'm like, well, fuck it. You gave me the green light to go there, so fuck it. I'm going there. No questions. And I laid the shit down. They they asked me. I sat back and smiled. They was like, yo, why did you agree to do this shit? If this really ain't your the further, I said, yo, first off, that shit is hard right there. Second off, like I said, man, like I like I said to y'all earlier, I told him, yo, first off, that was therapeutic for me right there. I feel a whole lot better right now. You know what I mean? And you know, they didn't even have no right to even say if it was going on the tape. I said it's going on the tape. That's how that came about. Alrighty. Track number 10. Kick It Like This, produced by Eric Sermon. Yes. Oh, man. This this dude right here, Eric Sermon, man. He, you know, I talked to him a couple of times over Instagram and Twitter and shit. You know. He, he really, like... He's one of the people, reason why I, I took producing serious. Him and PMD. I took producing serious because it was like, it was Pete Rock, DJ Premier, The RZA, Fourth Disciple, True Master, um, uh, Allah Mathematics, uh, The Beat Nuts, Beat Miners, um, You know, basically, those from a very, very classical era, like Molly Maul and DJ Mr. C and shit like that. Like, motherfuckers like that put the battery in my back to become a serious producer and also kick serious rhymes at the same time. Rhymes be so serious, they be like, yo, who made that shit? I did. Really? And that's the type of effect that I had on motherfuckers, though. It, it was... Because of them, the reason why I took producing serious. And then when they wanted me to do this shit, I was like, yo, fam, this shit is funky shit. You know what I mean? And it, this was like the next day after we did everything ain't right. I came back there. I hear them playing some shit upstairs. I'm like, yo, what's that? What's that upstairs knocking? I hear that. And like, yeah, it sounds good, right? Let's go upstairs and see what that about. I see Sun in there just jamming. Playing down, 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 down. Oh, shit, yo, y'all walked in. He stopped the music. And I was like, yo, son. I dapped him up. I was like, yo, what the fuck was that right there? Yo, run that shit back, son. I got to hear that. I was hearing that downstairs when I was checking in. Yo, run that back. Ran it back. Come on. I was like, I was cringing too when I heard it. 
I was like, eh, eh, a nigga need this, I'm, a nigga need this, you know what I mean? Y'all niggas want a problem? I think so. So I jump in the booth, and I lay it down. The whole time I'm laying it down, I'm just trying to keep my composure on how funky this shit is. Like, we had to re- I had to re-record that a couple of times because, you know, the, the, final of the, the final joint came out in my crib. I brought it back to him because I had to do it the way that I wanted to do. They was like, yo, my nigga, you got to. You gotta relax and this, that, and the third, and all that shit. Da, 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 da. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that. Yo, bro, you're watching the SmackDown on Channel Fox? Oh, shit, I forgot SmackDown. Come on in there. Yeah, I forgot SmackDown. Come on in there. Shit. Good thing you reminded me. You mean? But, um, yeah. Uh,. While I was recording it in their studio, they was like, yo, you got to chill the fuck out, my nigga. I was like, yo, this shit is funky. Play it. And anytime I said play it, dude was on point with it. He did. Every time I said play it, your man was like, click, ding, 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 ding. And then I just start breaking out, doing some type of some some type, some, some of my moves or whatever, you know what I mean? And then the nigga be like, all right, I can't stick around for this shit. And I was like, yo. In order for me to make this record, I gotta make this shit at the crib, my nigga. I gotta bug out the way I have to to this. And, um, I took it home to the crib. I was like, oof. This about to be the best shit I ever made in the crib right now. I press play. And then I just start going in. I got it done. And two takes because in, in in the first take I started I started cough I coughed through the verse in the mixer um when I got in the, when I started the second verse I was like hey, yo the name ah double <laughs> so I had to run it back and then the second take I got a down pack kick it like that was I, I had fun doing that right there out of the out of all the bullshit that I was going through making um you know my stilo y'all know fire and ice featuring shadow. For my peoples, what we have is the best feature in Shadow. Um, you know what I mean? But kick it like that, it was time to make that. I had a lot of fucking fun making that song, man. For real. Hold on one second, let me answer Kev's stuff. You got, you got that channel, though? Yeah, I got that channel. Yo, good. Now, I want to go back and discuss something that, a track that I missed. Track six. Nah, I ain't going to let y'all know about that. I'm celebrating too much over here. I can't get y'all to run down about that. Alrighty, um, track 11, Cypher. Part one skit. Give me a second. We in there, we in there, let's go. No doubt. Definitely. Now, Cypher Part One. 
we was um we was actually in, in, in front of the store. Like real talk, when we did that shit, that, that little cipher skit right there, we was in front of the store. You know what I mean? And he, I, I think I said to Kev Star, I was like, yo, son, let's put some flows right now on the mic. Let's just go a cappella. Bursted out the joint. I was like, yeah, yeah, we on the block right now. It's live. What types of dope? Whatever the fuck I said first. Um, so I kicked it off. And then the whole time that we, we, we rhyming, mad niggas is riding by on their bikes for some reason. And two niggas held up their phone and started recording us while they was riding on their bike. You know what I mean? But there was just mad niggas on their bikes. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? So we finished the skit. And after we finished the skit, we dip to the crib because we see police flying up and down the block. And then ambulances flying up and down the block. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, yo, let's go to the crib, son. So we roll up. And then we turn on the news. Find out there was a high-speed chase going down between somebody that was driving from Massachusetts all the way into the motherfucking... State of Rhode Island. And that shit was crazy. I was like, oh. Didn't know all that was going down, but okay. Oh, motherfucking K. Keep it moving. But, uh, yeah, that is the part one that we did part two to, uh, on Anthrax as well. Go inside, thing, thing. You get about that. Now, track 12. BX and BK. Featuring Kev Star. Rest in peace to Chinks. Drugs. Queen's representative. Um. You know. Me and Kev Star, we debated on throwing that. And at that time, you know, my label had like a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, a personal connection between some of the people that work with um, Chink Drugs. So they they asked me, "Yo, do you think you can give a tribute for Chink Drugs?" And this is, you know, at that time, like I I only knew of Chinks at that time, and this is way before Sean Price passed away. Like, when I was making this shit, by the time I was done making it, Sean Price passed away. So I didn't get a chance to, you know what I mean, give a shout-out, rest, rest in peace shout-out to Sean Price on on, uh, on the L-Tape. And that was another reason why I recorded the L-Tape, because mad niggas was dying and shit. It was just like, yo, what the fuck? What's going on? You know? And, you know, at that time, you know, Chinks had just passed away. And the, like I said, some of the people at the label had personal connections with people that worked with motherfuckers that know chinks. Not directly from chinks, but they know chinks. You know what I'm saying? So it was a connection to, it was a possible outlet connection to chinks. You know what I mean? But they asked me, yo, Van, you know, we fuck with chinks. You think you can do a, uh, uh, um, Salute them. I was like personally, I never knew that 
y'all fucked. I, I never knew that uh, he passed away and all. So when I read up on it, I was like, oh, yeah, this this is some crazy shit right here. So once I read up on once I read up on what happened, you know what I mean? I was like, shit, this shit is crazy. But you know, I also heard like a couple of songs at that time from him because when French Montana came out, I was just stuck on French Montana. I really didn't care about other niggas that was a you know the niggas that he had on his his tape. Niggas was going hard, but. I didn't know them niggas were major like that, and I didn't know one of them niggas was changing drugs. So I was like, I, I, I'll do a, I'll do a, you know, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to dedicate a verse to it. Because basically, when they, when they played the, uh, the, when, when Kev Star played the Dope House song, I was like, yo, that's, that's dope right there. I like that shit. Who's that? They was like, change drugs. I was like, oh, that's the dude that passed away. Yeah, yeah. So then when Kev Starr started playing the instrumental, I went over to his house. He was playing the instrumental. And I'm like, yo, you bust some flows of this thing? I bursted out the mic. I was like, all right, let's do it. Laid it down. Then once I, uh, once I brought it back to the people, they was like, yo, all right, I respect what y'all doing. This is, this is doable. We gonna put it out. Alright, no doubt, no question. They ain't even they ain't even uh hesitate to do it. It's just no question now. And, you know, the BX to BK. That was in dedication spirit of uh meant for change drugs. Rest in peace. Alright, where we at? Track thirteen. Keeping it going. Produced by yours truly. God DJ Um I was chilling with the gorilla mob niggas. And at that time niggas thought that we broke up, so you know what I mean? I, I basically just let niggas talk they bullshit. Like, yeah, they broke up or whatever, da 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 da. Little do you know, like these are still my niggas. I still haven't pull up on me and hurt something. You know what I mean? But other than that, you know, I'm over there chilling with them and shit. I'm chilling with it's me, Big D, Sour D, and Hollow. You know what I'm saying? We end up going over. I end up going over Big D's house and Sour D and Hollow with it. And I bought M23 and I believe SJ came with us, but I think that was another time. But yeah. M23 was there with us, and you know, we was basically just just bugging and chilling and wilding out, you know. Big D just stepped to the side and you know he was like, "Yo, so so what's up? You still doing music? You still be rhyming?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, it wasn't Big D; it was uh, it was Hollow. He was like, "What's up, dude? You still be rhyming and all that?" I was like, "Yeah, you know that. Still nice with the rhymes." He was like, "Yeah, let me hear something." I showed him. I showed him a song that I did with um, Shadow off of the ill tape, and he was feeling it, but he said at that time, like, Shadow kind of needed a little work on his delivery, but he, he's fucking magnificent now with the flow, so it ain't nothing to tell a nigga that he already know now, you know what I mean, but 
right now, uh, at that time, you know, like I said, Shadow needed some work. And that's what Hollow said. So he, he okayed that. And then I already had keep it, I already had did keep it going like a long, long minute ago. But Hollow came across the internet and he was like, yo, you did this? I was like, yeah. Who produced, who did the beat? I did. Oh, you still doing beats? Yeah, yeah, you know that. So he was rocking out to the shit that he was like, yo, nigga, this shit is crazy. Yo, when the tape come out, son, it's like August 21st, my nigga, is coming out. Oh, on the birthday, on the birthday, yeah, yeah, on the birthday, my nigga. And then we got right on his birthday, celebrated the, basically, the release, the releasing, I, I celebrated the release date with them. You know what I mean? That's real talk. I celebrated the releasing day of the ill tape with the gorilla model. And it was it, it was about like at least a year or two before we even got got up like that. You know what I mean? So it was a minute before we got up like that again. And then I bought it to them. I was like, what what y'all think about this joint right here? It was like, that's hard. When did you do this? I was like, I did this around the time I started working on this shit, bro. You should have showed me this a long time. Yo, put this on the tape, my nigga. This shit is hard. I was like, you sure? Because I feel it don't got that type of feel to it. Nigga, it's hard. Trust me. Throw it on the tape, my nigga. No question. Like, all right. Throw it on the tape. And I just went with a good feeling that everybody else was saying, like, yo, it's fire. I was like, all right. Now I believe it's fire. This is what I do. I got. I got to trust myself now. And now I'm gonna. I put it out and I was like, yeah, that's what it is. So it's on the tape. And that's how Keep It Going came about. Um, track 14. Thank you for the moment. Produced by Ninth Wonder, my man. Oh man, let me just give a give a. Uh, a little background history with 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 Ninth Wonder again, man. Cause first time I jumped on the Ninth Wonder track, it was either Godly Vine Two series or Godly Vine Three. But you know, he ended up coming across some Ninth Wonder joints, and he was like, "Yo, that dude that you, the dude that produced that fluttery shit." Yo, he really do be doing some nice shit. I came across some nice joints with him. Check him out. He played me three joints, and I chose the beat that I did. Thank you for the moment. So I chose that because, you know, at the end, you know, basically I was, you know, working on the tape for a minute, and you know, and it was kind of like a sayonara till I see you again type shit. You know what I mean? And that's how I had it set in my mind because after the, like I said at that moment like I was I was wondering like was this shit really gonna be my forever because not seeing the money that I'm supposed to be seeing off this shit not doing the promotion that I need to be doing off this shit and the niggas that signed me is on some bullshit like when will the bullshit end and you know it was just like fuck it nearly done with the tape Matter of fact, that's the last song that I made for the tape. And, um, you know, I was like, yo, man, this this is it right here. I don't think I'm, 
I, I don't want to fuck around and chance anything through further distance. I'm 20 years, at that time, I was 20 years old, and I really, really needed to get my shit together. You know what I mean? Because I was still staying with my, my father. You know what I mean? I was staying on my pop's crib. And then, you know what I mean? Looking for jobs. Can't get no job or all types of shit, my nigga. I just wasn't seeing shit that I, I was. I just wasn't. I felt like I wasn't prospering, you know what I mean? The way that I was supposed to. And I, I, on top of that, I was going through a lot of shit, man. On top of that, so it was kind of a way for me to put the music on hold for a minute and basically get my shit together for real. So when I did thank you for the moment, I did that shit in one take, and that's how much I was serious about taking a break from music and getting my life together. Because, like I said, I didn't see myself living off my music. I just saw myself living in, living in my father's house for the rest of my life. And I really had to make something happen. So that was the that was the gateway to where that ended up happening to me. Like I said, I did that shit in one take, man. It was very serious. That's how much it meant to me. And, you know, for me to come back and Still, you know, throughout the years, I was still doing music. Like I said, throughout the five years that I was going, up until the point that I made Anthrax, I was writing. You know, I did a couple of ghostwriting joints. I'm not going to mention that shit. I ghostwritten for a couple of niggas. Um, I was coaching a couple of niggas. I, I was doing shows. I was on stage. So, you know what I mean? One thing that always kept me going was motherfuckers wanted to see me on stage again. Besides just wanting to hear another tape from me, these motherfuckers want to see me on stage again. All right, well, we're going to do that. We're going to make that shit happen. And then for five years straight, I was doing shows. For, for the past, for the, over the past five years, from the time that I dropped the ill tape all the way to the time that I dropped, uh, no, from the time that I dropped the ill tape all the way to the time that me and Kev Starr came out with the, um, the, uh, the, the collaboration take that we did called NYC New York Connection I did about like a nice 16-17 shows and you know big up to my man Chris he he uh, he helped me get on stage twice throughout them 17 times when we stepped on stage big up to everybody else that got me on stage all of that shit throughout the years of not putting out no music, just hitting the stage and type shit. You know what I mean? So big up everybody, man. For real. And last but not least, track 15. That BK shit. Now, I was actually in, uh, I was actually in Brownsville when I did this song on on um, on Sutter Ave and Blake. You know what I'm saying? I was on Sutter Ave and Blake and at my man uh my man uh shit. I can't even say his name because he's locked up right now. But yeah, uh, I was at my man's house. My home thun thun, you know what I'm saying? Sparking the trees and shit. You know, he just put the he just put a beat on for me. I was like, yo, 
what, what, the, what the fuck you doing? And he was like, yo, give me a minute, give me a minute. Let me cue everything up, let me cue everything up. And nigga bought mad cords, mad cords, just to plug up one motherfucking thing. I said, yo, dope, listen, you don't need that many cords. There's an outlet right there, my nigga. He was like, energy efficient, nigga. Energy efficient. Hey, hit that. Energy efficient, my nigga. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, fam, you really gotta chill, B. It's not that serious. Just play it for me off your phone or something. He was like, nah, you gotta hear it through the system, nigga. It got to bang. It's gonna bang. Trust me. Trust me, nigga. Trust me, nigga. And I'm like, oh my god, this nigga doing too much. And then my other man that was there, he was from Osborne, out in Brownsville. He's from the, the he's from Osborne Street, I mean, Osborne Avenue Street, or some shit like that. I, yeah, it was Osborne. I know it's definitely Osborne, but I don't know if it's Street Place, Ev, whatever. But he was from Osborne, out in Brownsville, and he was there with me too. He's also locked up, I'm not gonna say his name. Um, you know, he was there too, and we just watching this nigga plug up mad cords. And then once he finally got everything done, I was like, you good? You good? Yeah, yeah, we good, my nigga. Yo, son, take this mic. Hold that. All right. One, two, one, two. Mic check. One, two, one, two. And then he put the beat on it. And me and my homie, we looking at each other. I was like, yeah, it's that shit. So I'm rocking out to it. I was like, yo, bring it back, my nigga. I pulled out my mic. And he was like, yo, what the fuck, what the fuck you doing with your phone, money? I was like, trust me, trust me, just watch it. Just play that shit back from the top. So then I did it. He started the shit off. And then as soon as the beat dropped, I need that motherfucker pump on my side to save my life. Straight up and down, motherfucker. I'ma blaze you right. Side your left eye. Hold this bone. Then your whole shit get injected with more. Yeah, I was going in, son. I was going in. I was going in. No doubt. But, you know, one per one person I can say, the dude, my, my nigga, that was, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say his name, but one thing I can say about one of the dudes that's locked up from Brownsville is that whenever I came to Brownsville, they made sure that I was good. Like, when I go home to Crown Heights, I don't have to worry about nothing because I'm from Crown Heights. You know what I'm saying? I'm from St. Mark's and Prospect between, um, you know, the streets of Grand Ave and Classen and Franklin. Those those three Ave, those three blocks connect with St. Mark's and Prospect. You know what I'm saying? So when I go home to Crown Heights, I'm good. I walk around my own fucking neighborhood like nothing. I'm good. But when I'm in Brownsville, I'm rolling with them. I'm not just going to walk around Brownsville because, you know, it's just... It, it was before, it was a little while before gentrification. So shit was still Brownsville. How how it was in the nineties and all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm I Brownsville. Like at that time, yeah, 
Yeah, it was before, right before gentrification. So it was still grimy in Brownsville. Some a body could get left in the alley somewhere. You know what I mean? But you know, when I was out there, man, they really, really showed me love, son. And, you know, they even came to Crown Heights with me a couple of times. I'm saying, chilled in front of my old buildings and shit, walked around just smoking trees, talking shit. You know what I'm saying? And I was cool. You know what I'm saying? But yes, I definitely appreciate everybody for tuning in to celebrate or hear about me celebrating my motherfucking uh, a piece of work that represented what I was going through and how I was living at that time. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I got more music for y'all in store. So don't even ask me, am I doing more music? You already know that. Um, about to get started on the LP. Of course, something got to fucking give. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, I want to big up my nigga Kev Star. I want to big up Big Brody. Splash of the God for calling in on part one. And... You know what I'm saying? To everybody that keep on supporting me, man. Uh, if you like the show, donate to the show. You know what I'm saying? Uh, listen to us on Anchor. Listen to us on Spotify. You know what I'm saying? Get the audio. And, you know, blaze up. Listen to Anthrax. Available in the, in, in the, in the links. In the bios of the Instagram and the Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Five years. It'll take been out. Today the anniversary of that. You know what I mean? Y'all go on SoundCloud also and play the ill take. If y'all wanna y'all wanna give this shit a couple of more spins, it'd, it'd be great for me, but you know, you enjoy that when you, when you play. I will in, I will continue to do this rap shit forever, but, you know, it is what it is, keeping afloat and, and all that shit. But, yeah, man, we up out of here. Part two, celebration. It's on. One.